seasons and times and dates to let me know, yep, this is it. And we are, in case you didn't know that July is the seventh month of the year, we are in the seventh month. And seven is a profound number. This rest is one of the primary definitions of seven. Seven is rest. I want you to know that an expectation you as a believer can have in this month of July is that you will be able to walk in rest in the Father. Now, you can create your own stuff, but the ability to walk in rest in this month resides in the fact that it's the seventh. It also means cessation from work. That doesn't mean you don't have to go to your job. What it does mean is you don't have to struggle at your job. That the grace of God for you in this month will enable you to walk in a peace that you've never been able to know at your job this month. Wholeness, completeness, order. Are there things in your life that are out of order? This is your month to speak to them and say, this is the seventh month. I declare in the name of Jesus that order will be established in this thing. Are, you see, I've, I've been struggling with this um, credit card. I had it down to the place where I could pay it off every month. But I still don't think it's in order. <laughs> and one of the ways I know is because when I called, because I lost it. <laughs> I mean, I know it's in my house somewhere. God is very intentional with us people. He will make sure that when he's trying to teach us something, we will get it. Because it's kingdom. We cannot have disorder and things that are not aligned with the principles of God and try to create the kingdom of God in the earth. So when I called to see if I could get an extended card, because this one is up in November, the young man said, well, how about if I just send you a whole new number? I didn't want a new number, but that's the new of God. That's him saying, I want a new thing in this. I want you to begin to work out of my provision. Credit cards are not God's provision for the most part. It's an easy fix. And I must bring it into alignment with the kingdom that says my God owns the cattle in a thousand hills and can take care of my rent. He can take care of my raiment and he can take care of my food. It's his responsibility. So I finally said, okay, send me one. I'm expecting order to come. Stability. Now here's the hard one, and Pastor Stacy's been in this one. Holiness. Precious ones, you cannot walk this walk and not expect the Holy Spirit to begin to work holiness in the midst of us. This morning at the altar was about holiness. It was about making the wrong things right and being willing. This morning, one of the men said, well, I, I told him, I said, you got something? He says, I don't know what I got. 
But he said, God's been saying, humility. Do we love our stuff more than we are willing to be humble and let God do the work for us? You know, babies are such a, a perfect picture of us. Such a perfect picture of us. I didn't let the children go, did I? <laughs> Let's do that. If you have a child and they're going downstairs or they're going upstairs, Diane and Shay, would you come for a minute? Teenagers, please come down today. Um, I just want to say a quick prayer. God, I just thank you for our children, our generation of now, the ones you've appointed for today, that they're not our next generation, that they are today's generation, that we are raising them up to be leaders and followers of Jesus, that they get to live their lives as Jesus lived their life, that they grow up and they've produced the fruit of the Spirit, that they live in love and joy and peace patience, kindness, goodness, um, patience. God, I just thank you for everything that you do for these children. God, keep your hand of protection around them as they go through their everyday life. God, let them learn and soak in your word today as they go downstairs and just be with them and guide them in all the days of their life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I want to, as believers, sometimes we have the tendency to assume that people know. And their obedience says, I will sing that song. But they have no clue what they're singing. I want to know how many of you understand what it means by light a fire down in my soul. You can put your hands up. Don't, do you know what it means to put a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control? How many of you have been paying attention to the fires up in Canada? You see, back in the time of the Israelites, The fire was never allowed to go back and out in the tabernacle. In the presence in the house of God, it was never allowed to go out. But the purpose of the fire was cleansing. Light a fire down in my soul. That that I think, that that I respond to, that emotional part of me, light a fire down in my soul that I can't contain. As I was pondering over here upon the fire in Canada, there have been days that it has messed with my breathing. Precious ones, if God sets a fire down in your soul, people around you should have trouble breathing. There's got to be a point where we don't want anything that is unclean and unholy within us. And our cry has to be, set that fire so hot that I cannot put it out. Don't let anything that's unclean within me 
I went through some years where I would take home the pens from work and I would take home paper and I would take home this and I would justify it. But it was stealing. The world wouldn't consider it to be that. But God did. And it's not even so much that I had the pens from work. It's that he did not give them to me. Precious ones, we've got to rearrange our way of thinking. We can no longer align ourselves with the patterns of the world. We have got to begin to require the Holy Spirit to hold us accountable quickly. Because the days ahead of us are getting darker and darker, but I have to declare over all of us that we are becoming brighter and brighter, but we will not become brighter unless we allow the Holy Spirit to do the light of setting that fire down in our soul that we can't contain and we can't control. And it's in the midst of that fiery furnace. How many of you remember the Hebrew boys that got put in the fiery furnace because they would not bow? And the king, the world said, make it hotter, make it hotter. We've got to increase our request to the Holy Spirit to make it hotter. What is God's purpose in setting the fire in place? It's to bring holiness, but it's also to purify us. Many of us want to get into heaven with tainted gold. And if Christ hung on the cross for my sins, he hung on the cross for past, present, and future. Every sin. But unless I'm willing to acknowledge Holy Spirit's plan for purifying me, for taking me from Lima to Columbus, you know there's a lot of routes. There are a lot of ways to get to Columbus from here. But am I trying to go down 117, down 33 to 270? Or does he want me to go to Kenton? You see, that's where that set of sins is contained. And that's not even what we're speaking on today. But God... But God, when I asked him what he wanted me to talk about, he said, I want you to talk about expectations. I do want you all to say expectations. Now I want all of you to say shift my expectations. Whether you're saved, whether you're walking, it doesn't matter because that's the intention of God is to shift our expectations. As I was sitting in his presence, he said, my expectations are perfect. How many of you have even ever considered the fact that God has expectations? He's been chasing me around with it for a couple of years. Brings me back to it. But I want you to look at rest, and I want you to tell me, where do you think expectations might fit in rest? There's another E word. That's easy. Do you expect empowerment? Do you expect it? When you get up in the morning, is it a daily expectation that you are going to be empowered by the Holy Spirit to accomplish what he has called you to do in that day. Please, don't. This, as Jim said, this is the word here too. Because there's none of us perfect. We're all on the way. But at some point, we all are sowed the seed of expectation. 
at some point in our walk, we will come to the understanding that there are expectations. And I want to show you, these are words, but these are circular words. Because if I have an expectation that I will have a revelation, then the expectation becomes I will be empowered. And then the expectation is that in that empowerment, he will show me the strategy. And in that strategy, I will triumph. There is no facet of the Father that does not fit into this. Grace. I have a revelation of grace, God, and you're going to empower me to walk in grace. And in that empowerment, you're going to show me where to go, who to see, what to say in grace. And in the midst of grace, not only will I triumph, but those that you send me to will triumph as well. But I want to take expectation into love. How many parts are there to love in this teaching? Pastor Jim? Four. And the first one is the love of God to us. And I want to read 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 2 and 3 over you. Every book that Paul wrote, he opened. Grace be unto you. Receive grace, children of God, this morning. And peace. Receive peace, but don't receive just peace. Receive it from God our Father. The one that we spent the entire time this morning in front of, adoring him, offering the sacrifice of praise to him. But not just God the Father, but the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be God even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, and he's the Father of mercies. Precious ones, receive mercy this morning. It's not about where you think you're at. It's about where God says you're at in your walk. Because Satan wants us to not be able to acknowledge how far he's brought us. But don't get all proud, because... There's a long way to go yet. He's also the God of all comfort. If you've lost someone in the past year, I want you to put your hand up. Holy Spirit, I call you forth right now. I call you forth in the losses, Father God, that we've experienced in this past year. I ask you to be that God of comfort to everyone that's lost someone because you said you would. And only you know, Holy Spirit, how we need to be comforted and what will bring us comfort. But you, Holy Spirit, will do that thing. And so we thank you and we seal it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, those of you that put your hands up, Expect it. Expect comfort to come. God doesn't just speak randomly. He has purpose. Purpose. What are God's expectations? Eye has not seen and ear has not heard the good things that God has in store for you. Higher heights, deeper depths, broader broadnesses, narrower narrownesses.
those of you that don't know, that was a prophetic word for Kim. But is Kim part of me? Is Kim part of you? Kim is part of the body of Christ. Then I can say, I take that word for me, Lord. I say there's higher heights and deeper depths for me. Because he's not someone that prefers one over another. Let's go back to the date briefly. What month is it? The seventh month. It's also the ninth day. He almost always sends me somewhere to speak, whether sevens or nines. Nine is a number of finality. It's the number of judgment. This is the day. It's the number of harvest and it's the number of fruitfulness. In this day, in the seventh month, as you rest in him, you have the ability to speak from your mouth and say, this day I will be fruitful for the kingdom of God. This day, God, will you bring your judgments to me so that I can begin to work on them in this earth realm. These are expectations, precious ones, that the Holy Spirit is bringing before us today. If you're listening, then you're accountable to what's being presented to us. I am accountable to what is presented to us today. Thank you, Lord. God's expectation. 1 Corinthians 2, 9-11. But as it is written, probably in the Old Testament, I has not seen nor ear heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. Do you love God? If you love God, then I want you to tell him, my eyes will see and my ears will hear today. I'm not going to lead you. You just do it. We have to guard our gates. Those are the entry points into us. That's our eyes, what you see. Re remember, little eyes, what you see. Be careful, little ears, what you hear. Remember that song from way back? I learned it as a child. Do I walk in it? Many years I did not walk in it. But now I've come to the place where I insist that my ears will hear the words from heaven clearly. I insist that my eyes will begin to see in the spirit realm. What you see, people, is not always truth. Satan can bend things and does. And I'm not going to preach, Dawn, on issue one. But what you see on TV is a total lie. You need to get that material and you need to inform yourself. It's about abortion in our constitution in this state. And if you are registered to vote, you need to inform yourself. And you need to ask the Holy Spirit about it. He should be our first ask. It should never be a politician. It should never be my neighbor. I can discuss it with my husband, but I have to ask him first. Where do I go with this information that you placed in my hands? Because the information in my hands is my accountability. It's not my children's accountability. They will not stand before the throne of God. We've got to begin to understand Working out our own soul salvation means me, not Pastor Damien. And I can bring you the word, but I cannot do anything with the word once it's out in the air.
That's on you all. It's been my experience that there are portions of what Pastor Damien brings, Pastor Jim, Pastor, whoever's up here bringing a word, there's portions that for me right now. But I kind of look at the rest of it as being seed. So I don't get off the hook just because I don't think it applies to me right now. Because in a year, maybe two years, he's going to probably say, um, do you remember? Well, probably not. But if you say so, I believe you. God's expectations. The things which God has prepared for them that love him. But God has revealed them unto us by his spirit. It's expected because the Holy Spirit is revealing them to you that you need the information and we need to respond to the information and we have to covet the expectations of God to be revealed to us. Because the world has so many more expectations. I have to be careful with my children because I'll say, oh, can you come and help me do this? Can you come? And don't you know I put them under a spirit of obligation? Because I don't know in their walk that they've necessarily learned to say, Holy Spirit, am I supposed to do that? And so I try to be careful to end everything that I request with, ask the Holy Spirit if you're supposed to do it. But do we? He should be our first ask, precious ones, because his expectations are for my good. His expectations are for me to come up higher and grow. And so his expectation may be the hard thing. They may be the hard thing, Troy. But you've done well. God is, God is blessed, oh faithful man of God. And God will always keep you and God will always guide you and God will always guard you and God will always provide for you. You've already seen it. Now walk in it. For those of you that don't know, that's Troy and he lost his wife a month ago. We need to pray and then obey because we can't know that we're not that provision for Troy. And we need to be obedient if God says to put $1,000 in his hands to do it. It's not our money. It's his money. If he says, give Troy $1,000, and please trust me, Troy, I'm just... We're not going to miss it. We won't miss it. God's expectations are that we work and move and live in the throne room of God. And if we are seated in heavenly places at the right hand of the Father, as Pastor Jim so eloquently brought that word forth, God seats us there. Nothing man does. It's not our salvation that does it. It's the Father saying, get up here with my son because you are his bride and you belong there. From there we can see what he sees. We can have the revelation that he has. We can have the understanding that he is, precious ones. But if we choose not to seat ourselves there, He was here this morning in such a profound way. This morning as I was in his presence, he said about his glory, I am the essence of your presence. 
do you understand what that means? He is the reality, the all-encompassing being of everything that I am. I, the Lord God, who sits high and looks low, am the essence of your presence. I am the depths of your breaths. You think your broad paces are broad? Hmm, they're really deep too. But I am. God is in the midst of me. I will not be moved. That has got to become our mantra. He is in the midst of me. He will not be moved. I have to determine not to be moved either. How many of us turn around and wonder where God is? Who's moved? We've moved, not God. In my presence is fullness of joy. Can we laugh? Pastor Jim and Pastor Stacy have gone through how many days? Four or five? Of being sick. Can we laugh in the midst of that? <laughs> At my right hand are pleasures eternally. What man knows in verse 11, clear back in chapter 2 a couple years ago, what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him. Even so, the things of God knows no man but the spirit of God. Where is the spirit of God? Where does the father expect his spirit to be? Beth and I were at Guiding Light, which is a ministry to homeless women, women on the women who are seeking to rise above. And I'll tell you what, some of the revelation he brought forth there was phenomenal. Did you ever ponder on why Jesus had to go back to heaven. Why did he have to die? Does anybody think they know? <laughs> How many of you know something? Let's see some hands. How many of you know something? I'm not talking spiritual. I'm not How many of you know something? The Holy Spirit said, don't know anything so well or so tightly that God can't show you a deeper depth to what you think you know. I'm getting better at not telling God what I know and requiring him to move in those parameters because it's so much better when I say, oh, I think I know that, but... Show me something different. Show me something profoundly profound about yourself. Because when God does a thing, God does it perfectly. God may do it at a deeper depth than you're used to, but I can no longer say, God, that's not the way I know how to do it. Precious ones, we're not allowed to do that. The word says if God doesn't build a house, it's built in vain. I might know how to build the house, but he knows how the house is to be built. I might want to make it solar, and he may want to run it by living water. It's not impossible for God to light a house with nothing to light it with. 
Because God is the source of all light. Doesn't it say that's what kingdom of heaven is going to be? There will be no sun. There will be no moon. There will be no electricity. Because God is the light of heaven. Why can't I expect? Can I not have that expectation that God is big enough to do it here? <sighs> when Moses came down off the mountain, Moses was light because the glory of God covered him and lit his environment. God's expectation. The first one is God loves us. The next one is I love God. Does anybody here love God? What are your expectations of him? You see, I can go into the word and I can say this is God's expectations for me. I can say that. Is that truth? Every word is God-breathed. And don't give me the thing about translations. When you sit down to read this word, doesn't matter the translation. When you sit down with the Holy Spirit and the word, you have the author sitting with you. And is he limited by a translation? Oh my goodness. We have so many limitations on God. My expectation of him is, you will never leave me nor forsake me. Here's another one. That that you began, you will finish. Oh. My expectations are so small. But I say, God, increase what I know about you so that my expectations can be increased. Do you wonder why we don't heal? Why the miracles are not in our midst? Do we know him in that capacity? Do I know him as healer? The testimony of provision is in the midst of the Lewis household. They know him as provision. They can speak now. They may not know it or have thought it, but they can now go into areas of lack and they can speak provision because they walked it. They know that God can provide for them for a year. What do you know about God? My revelations are not yours. My expectations should not be yours. The expectations of God for me were created before the world was created. Did you know that you were before the world was? How many of us have asked God, what? your expectations for my life. Because the world, the world speaks their expectations. And the majority of the world doesn't know God. But we're taught from little tiny people you see, this little one in the back, the expectation is that baby won't cry. Is that God's expectation for that baby? That that baby will not cry? No. It's a convenience. But you know what? They're so precious. And when I hurt, God says, cry. Doesn't he? He wants us to cry on his shoulders. Who am I to 
to tell a baby not to cry? Who am I to tell you not to cry? Holy Spirit, am I to be a weeping prophet? Jeremiah was the weeping prophet and he cried all the time. I wonder what we would have thought if we had met Jeremiah. What would our judgments have been? Well, see, the reality was, if Joey is Jeremiah, Jeremiah, will you cry for me? Will you weep for me before the throne of God? Do we cry for each other? Do we allow the Holy Spirit in the midst of us to be used on each other's behalf? And I'm going to share what I think is a testimony of this young man with his baby who could not be consoled, would not stop crying. I had a first child like that, but I did not have the wisdom that God put in this young man. He looked at her and he said, it's a her, right? I don't know what your problem is. I can't help you. You're going to have to talk to God about it. And the baby pondered a minute, cried a minute, however long, folded its hands and became quiet. The Word of God has that capacity. But you see, he had the expectation that God could talk to his daughter. He had that expectation of God. What is your expectation of God? That's why I said, what is God telling you to expect from him today? Oh God. David in Psalm 62, five said, my soul. David spoke to himself. David learned to discern between his spirit and his soul. My soul waits silently for God alone. For my expectation is from him. <laughs> so that can sound like double talk. God, what do you expect me to expect from you? But you see, there's safety in that. There's safety in the double ask. Because what I think that I know, my expectations to be maybe a little bit off. But if I'm careful to go back to the Father with my expectations and say, Papa, is this complete? Is this holy? Does this expectation that I believe that I have line up with your plumb line from heaven? Because when it does, those expectations will have power. Those expectations will be blessed with strategy. They will be blessed with empowerment. You will triumph in those expectations. But we do not have expectations of anyone in heaven. Do you know for many years the angels have sat around with nothing to do because the people of God would not open their mouths and come into agreement with what their assignment was? If God's assignment is to heal Pat, and he has 12 angels waiting for us to agree that they will be able to minister healing to Pat. If we never open our mouths and say, Pat, you're healed, they're not going to move. The angels have been given to us to help us in our assignment for building the kingdom of God. 
It's the Holy Spirit that teaches us how to work together with him. And the angelic hosts. And if this is new to you, you need to ask the Holy Spirit to teach you. However he teaches you best. What's the third one? In love. Come on, somebody shout it out. What's the third one? Love yourself. Yep, we're, we're going down this one. No, we're going down that one. The third portion of love is to love yourself. Sorry. How many expectations? How many of us have expectations of ourselves that don't line up with heaven? An expectation that God has for us is that we love the Lord our God with all our hearts, all our souls, and all our minds, and love our neighbors as ourselves. But how many of you have been in the midst of us? How many, how many times have I been in the midst of, of trying to obey that, and it doesn't work? Have you ever wondered why on some of your best days, it just doesn't work? It's probably because I have moved in an expectation of myself that doesn't line up with heavens. Stacy, Pastor Stacy does BioLife. I did BioLife. And then the protein levels started to drop off. So I drink all this stuff protein stuff and do all this and I go back now it's still not high enough so then because the Holy Spirit had told me no <laughs> yeah but I had the expectation I had to do this and so I finally I drank I, I did everything that I, I required of myself the expectation of myself Get your proteins in. And I went and my serum, my plasma was like milk. <laughs> they couldn't even read the triglyceride levels. They couldn't read that stuff on a machine, on any of their instruments. And the next day I went to have blood drawn at my doctor's office and it was perfect. <laughs> there was absolutely nothing wrong with it. Triglycerides were perfect. Everything was perfect, but God. God's expectation was that I was going to obey and not go do bio life anymore, that that was not my provision. Do you see how we make, put these things on ourselves? Last week, I put it upon myself that I was going to plant all of my granddaughter's tomatoes, which I had given her about 30 plants, but the ground had to be prepared. And I got such a sunburn. It already had a base of a tan from other gardening, but this has been a discomfort to me. And as much as I have told myself I need to go out and work in my garden, because I got them all planted, all but four. The Holy Spirit has not let me go back out. Because my expectations of myself were not lined up with heavens. And heaven knows that my body can't handle being in the sun anymore for a while. Do you see how important it is that we begin to get heaven's expectation for us. Now, if I went to heaven and, I, and heaven said, 
we think you're going to have a baby. Don't you know that I would look at myself and say, that's not my expectation. But if heaven said, then it would be. By whatever means, whether it followed Olivia and Evan's plan, you see, my expectations have got to become a question. This is what I think. I think I'm supposed to go back to school. This morning I said, Pastor Jim, I think I'm supposed to play. But let's see where you wind up. I threw it into his ballpark because I didn't have clarity. And then the Holy Spirit said, we're going to do ministry at the altar. Well, there's the no-brainer, you see. But it was the question through Jim, what am I supposed to do? I could have put my foot down and said, I'm supposed to play today. You all take care of the ministry. But that was not what heaven wanted me to have as an expectation. This is so critical for us to begin to ask God, what expectation should I have for myself? Because when it comes time, be healed in the name of Jesus. That has got to be an expectation that I understand heaven has for me. And then when heaven meets earth, it's accomplished. Because it's not about us, precious ones. It's about thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Can we be humble enough to accept heaven's expectations for ourselves as being our own? And the last one, the last one is a hard journey. Love each other. Have expectations for each other. This is hard for married couples. It's hard for parents. Because when we're in the family dynamics, it's easy for us to think we know a thing when God knows a totally different thing. It was in my years of teaching in a Christian school, the Holy Spirit began to deal with me concerning my expectations. For the children. And to take a look at my expectations for my children. Because the world will try to put us and our children and our family on a track that satisfies the world and not God. We had a young man that came. And we were told that he would never learn beyond kindergarten. And we began to say, but God, what did you say? God, what do you know that they don't know? And what he knew was the requirement of our curriculum to learn scripture. Along with the things that the world needed us to present increases our, his ability, it increased his ability to a sixth grade level by the time he left us. The word of God prospers. The world will always speak death. Your expectation for your child is, God, what do you say? It's not what any teacher in any school says over your child. We have got to cover our little ones. And we've got to begin to have the expectation of heaven over them. Because the world is speaking death and not life. Any child that I taught, I expected them to know what God needed them to know. 
not what a test said they should know to prosper. Can they read the word of God? That's the only thing they need to be able to do in reality, because this is the end. This is the end game. This is the only thing that will reveal to them who their father is, who the son of God is, who the Holy Spirit is. And if they know those three individuals, then they will learn why they're here. I tried to push my oldest daughter into college. But when she got to the class of philosophy, still in her first year as a freshman, and the professor told her to write a paper of so much length on what she believed. And the professor said, it's all wrong. Do it again. She came to me and she said, Mom, I just don't know what to do. And so together we worked. We fixed all the grammar stuff. We made sure the, pop, the paragraphs were right. We made sure she followed his outline. And she took it back to him and he said, it's still wrong. But he didn't know the Lord our God. And her stand for the gospel was not what he believed. And I said, Sarah, I am sorry that I took you to that place. I free you. Don't you know that Apostle Ed never graduated from high school? And yet he was an upright pillar. He was an apostle, but he was taught of the Holy Spirit. What do I expect of you? I expect you to get before the Lord. I expect you to ask the Holy Spirit for yourself. I expect you not to come to me first. I expect you not to come to pastor first. I expect the Holy Spirit to be your very best friend and I expect him to grow you into who he sent you to be. I don't know who you're supposed to be. I can think that I know, but I probably don't. What I do know is that when a prophetic word goes forth, it's from the Lord. And I know it's from the Lord because then I don't remember anything about it. I know that he loves me and he loves you enough to be an individual God. I know that he loves my husband enough to grow my husband as he needs to be grown. Not according to my pathway. I was sitting in a service at my daughter's church and the pastor stopped preaching and he came over to me and he said, God said, take your hands off your husband. Take your mouth off your husband. God said, I will grow your husband. Oof. That should be our, our statement for each other. It should always be this way first. If you come to me, together we can go to the Father. But it's your hearing ear first, not mine. Does that make sense? My expectation is that you become sons of, da of God. Sons and daughters of God. What does that mean? That means you're mature. That means you grow. That means what I said earlier, what you know today, you shouldn't know the same thing tomorrow. When God wants to shift a thing in your life, you don't have such a tight hold on it that you can't let go of it. Such a tight hold on your children that what you think is an expectation, you see, I know that my son could have become an engineer. He could create cars. He has that mindset, the ability. But it had to be a God thing. It couldn't be a mom thing. 
who we become has got to be a God thing. Except God build your house. Our labor is in vain. It can seem to be a good thing. And it may be a good thing. If they're having a prayer meeting in the square, that seems to be a good thing. But do I belong there? I might belong there. But if I don't ask, if I don't ask, there may be someone else that I'm assigned to. And I appreciate Mother, because she came in Wednesday night and she said, have you been down to see Brother Keith? The voice of the Lord. Have I been praying for Brother Keith? Have I gone to see Brother Keith and Sister Margaret? Did I Wednesday night? How long did it take me to be obedient to the expectations? Their expectation was the body of Christ is going to come up under us and help us during this hardship. Is that an, was, you think that was God's expectation? Pretty sure it was. But we get busy and we don't ask. We don't ask. I love the days when my goings are aligned with heaven's sendings. Because then the kingdom of God prospers. But when I don't ask, when I get too busy and I get off course, then I build crooked walls for the kingdom of God. And then God has to take me back and say, nope, that's a little bit skewed. Let's drop the plumb line and let's fix this wall. It's important. Stand up, Jimmy, would you please? This is Jimmy's wall. This is how I built my wall today. What does heaven look like when we build it ourselves? But when I allow the buildings of God, then the kingdom of God is being built according to God's plans. Thank you. Oh, God is such a God. I'd like to read a couple scriptures in closing. Nothing, nothing, nothing can minister to your spirit like the word. Father, I ask an increase in hunger and thirst for righteousness' sake. I ask that you fill every one of us with a hunger for the Word, with a thirst for the Holy Spirit. I speak increase over these people. God, where there are strongholds, I speak that they will come down. Holy Spirit, that you will you will prosper everyone in this house unto the kingdom's building. I will, not I will not accept less. Holy Spirit, I expect you to do the work that only you can do in us. I agree with David. My expectations come from you. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, you're going to teach us how to begin to walk in the expectations of heaven 24-7, 365. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in this earth 
as it's already been accomplished in heaven. Father, there's not a single thing that you have assigned to us that is not included and it is finished. So I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're going to teach us how to walk as Jesus walked, to become as Jesus was, to know as he knew, to do as he did, to think as he thought. So Father, I just thank you. Colossians chapter 1, verses 3 through 6. We always pray for you, and we give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all God's people, which come from your confident hope of what God has reserved for you in heaven. You have had this expectation of heaven, ever since you first heard the truth of the good news. This same good news that came to you is going out over all the world. It is bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives, as it changed your lives from the day you first heard and understood the truth. Ephesians 3, 20 and 21. Now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think or expect. Glory to him in the church. Glory to him in this church. Glory to you, Father God, in this church. And in Christ Jesus, through all generations, forever and ever. Amen and amen. I want to encourage you because today was different. If you have an offering, feel free to bring it up. Father, we ask that you seal this word. We ask that this word be hidden under the blood of Jesus. We thank you that every part that you have sown will be into good soil. Anything that's not from heaven's throne, we ask you to dispel it and disperse it. We give you honor, we give you glory, and we give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen.